0: It's time to raise the roof for our ninth off-season podcast, of which this will probably be the most depressing of the off-season podcasts so far, and it, I believe it's going to be our last podcast of 2020. Don't quote me on it, but probably this is going to be our last podcast of 2020. So for everyone listening, uh, an early happy New Year and a happy 21, 2021 to all of you. Um, unfortunately, uh, Evan is not here for this. Uh, it's just me and Gibby and our special guest for this podcast, of which I will introduce right now. Uh, her name is Amita. She is uh, are you in the Tampa Bay area? Question mark.
1: I am. I I'm from St. Pete.
0: Okay. And so us from. So, so she's from the Berg. Uh, she is in the uh, she is in the McLana stands, which is a raise women group chat thing on Twitter. I think I'm describing that correctly. And if I'm not, yeah. feel free to correct mm-hmm. me. And she's a big person on Rays Twitter. We've gotten to know each other through a couple of Rays group chats. And, you know, what a, what a better time to have her on now than to talk about what has um, recently gone on. But Amita, why don't you quickly introduce yourself to everyone, tell everyone a little bit more about yourself.
1: Hey, well, hello everyone. My name is Amita. Um, I am from St. Petersburg and right where the Tropicana field resides. And I am 19 years old. I've been a fan for seven years. Yeah, seven years now. I've been a fan and it's been quite the ride, but I'm really glad to be on this podcast and talk to you guys about a lot of things that just just dropped off us all this week. So just ready to Get it going.
0: Yeah. Um, So speaking of things that were dropped upon us without uh, warning. So I think it was, I think it's now Monday or Sunday night now, Sunday night now that it happened. uh, But um, uh, the Rays announced that uh, they would be trading – Team Ace 2018 Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell to the San Diego Padres for a package of four prospects, including starting uh, right-handed starting pitcher Luis Patino, right-handed starting pitcher Cole Wilcox, and then catchers Blake Hunt and Francisco Mejia. So we did retain one Blake Uh, still, which is great, but not the Blake that I'm I'm sure that a lot of people wanted. I guess the good news about this, just to start, is that Patino did pitch in the majors in 2020. It was also the first time that he had pitched anywhere above A-ball, so he didn't necessarily have the greatest of ERAs in terms of what he did, but he does have a lot of good stuff, and I think with some fine tweaking, the Rays will be able to figure that out, and also as he matures more into that position, he'll be fine. And then Francisco Mejia has been a prized prospect this is now the second time that he's been traded, and he has a lot of raw power. I was listening to a, um, for those that don't listen to the Baseball Barbecue Podcast, which is a Cespedes Family Barbecue guys, they said that someone basically described him as someone who is one of the best raw talents that they've ever seen, but just won't make it. He did make it, but it's just, he, I don't I don't think he's panned out to what a lot of people think he can be, so hopefully things will work out with that. But uh, let's start with on the surface. So Blake Snell is no longer a right. How's everyone feeling about that? I feel
2: like I feel like we're a worse team than we were the day before. I mean, let's say Patino works out. It's like a kind of like a Glass Now situation. Glass Now Archer deal, you know, where like Glass Now shines, Archer kind of doesn't do well. Um, let's say let's say it's like even even if that happened, um, it would be it would be hard to like justify like going to the season. Are we trying to win? Like I don't know how 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 do you get rid of like your 2020 he dominated in in the postseason I I really I mean I I, I like the prospects we got and you know we needed some some catching prospects you know um but it just doesn't feel like a win now deal this is a a deal definitely for the future it doesn't feel like I mean my playoff hopes have gone down my my playoff chances I think have gone down just a little bit. I'm still so, I'm still so confident in the whole team. Like it's it's not it's not the biggest blow to the Rays, but it's pretty it's a pretty big one. That's a big hole to fill. I don't think I don't think uh, Patino is gonna be able to fill that right away. You know he's probably gonna need more time to develop. So that's gonna be a big gaping hole, and they're gonna have to find a vet who can somehow fill that gap, which is gonna be really hard.
1: I feel like this is literally a punishment for us clowning like the pirates for saying, Oh, haha, ha, you made you literally fleeced the trade from the for Archer and gave us meadows and glass now and chain boss and now we are literally sitting here and like this whole huge thing breaks like, now and I'm I remember I saw it at first and I was so upset. I was like why like I was just like, Why? What happened? What is the logic? Like where what why honestly why what factors came into this why did they think that this was a good idea and I had seen tweets today and Neander had said that he does still believe that we're going to be a world quote-unquote world series team but to me in my opinion like without without Morton or Snell like I don't really think that we could Like we might not be powerful enough to go to the world series we might be able to you know, go a little bit further into the playoffs, but maybe not to the World Series yet. But I'm you know, you never know what the Rays.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, I guess when I first saw this, so it's 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 funny because so the last, I guess, big trade that I would consider because I mean the Archer deal, I never I, I thought Archer was good, but I didn't really think that much of it in terms of yeah, like everyone
2: quality. everyone kind of saw that coming too. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it wasn't was like a not getting dealt.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like a big blow to the team as much as this was. I think the most Mm -hmm. recent example that kind of compares to this was a Longoria trade, even though Longoria might have been declining at the time he was coming off of a couple of good seasons in a row. And obviously, having been on the team for a decade at that point, going into 2018, that was like a huge thing. And when I found out about that deal was actually a friend of mine who's now in a group chat with a couple of uh, people that I'm friends with and I do another podcast with him. He told me that he's a Yankees fan. So when he told me that on on Snapchat, I was like, no way, you're just trolling me because you know this is what you like to do to uh, to mess with my head. Until I actually went on Twitter and found out that this was a real thing. So in this same group chat, so this is one of the people. So another person in the group chat told me about the snell trade so this is now two people in the same group chat that have told me about the last two blockbuster trades which i think have hurt me the most as in terms of being a race fan uh in recent memory so don't really appreciate that uh that group chat right now because i swear like like i'm just waiting for the next time it's going to happen then it's going to be the other person that's not me um maybe i'll actually be able to find out one on my own without having to deal with that stuff but I don't know. Like, I've become so numb as a Rays fan to this stuff kind of happening, and I don't think that's what you want as a fan to expect, that after a while, a couple years on a team, that a player, regardless of how good of caliber they are, even as good as Blake Snell is, they're going to leave at some point, and you have to realize that. And that's not what you want to do as a franchise. But honestly, for me, it's just – it happened. I that That's kind of the weirdest thing is is, like, okay – I mean, it was going to happen, but it's happened now, and I'm kind of just numb to the idea of him being traded, which I think is a weird thing to think about.
1: Which is also sad because, like, um, you know, a lot of people, they like to troll and make, like, fake Twitter accounts of the journalists. So, like, you'll see, like, fake Ken Rosenthal or fake Jeff Passan and Jake John Marozzi, um Morosi. whatever, sorry. Um, and, like, I thought, honestly, because I have – I'm in a group chat, and somebody has, like, a fake um, Jeff Passan account. And so I thought at first that it was a fake tweet and I'm like, okay, I'm let me just not worry about it. Then I got the notification on um, MLB, cause I had the MLB app and I was just shocked. And I literally texted my brother. I was like, did you see this? Cause I'm not happy right now. And like, I saw a lot of people that were like, oh, but you traded away the face of your franchise again. Like you're such a terrible team. Like you're in a rebuild. You're not going to do great anymore. Like, And necessarily in my opinion, I don't think this is a rebuild. I think they're just trying to get who they can. Maybe I can understand people's frustrations, but it it was going to happen sometime. So we just all all didn't expect it to happen now. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gibby, I was curious with you. Um, I guess one of the things that I was looking up online and what I saw online is that it's, uh, for a franchise like the Rays, it's hard for them to really cultivate a fan base when you trade, you know, like the faces of your franchise so often. I don't know when you, like, what did you, where did you feel Blake Snell fit into the hierarchy of the team and now with him gone, where, like, who's going to step up in that, in, in that, in his place?
2: Well, like, think about it. He's probably been in our organization the longest. I mean, Kiermaier, didn't really I don't think he was developed in the Rays or anything he kind of came here in 2015 was a starter but Blake Snell has been here since 2011 I mean like his whole his whole MLB career has been the Rays and to trade away just your your face in the franchise like that it's kind of it, it does it's kind of hard it's hard being a Rays fan like that like you're absolutely right like that does that does have an effect I feel like a lot of people, they they just hear the like, casual baseball fans and they just hear that news and it just, it doesn't give your team a good reputation, you know, um, see one of your favorite players go probably. Like I said, the guy that's been there the longest, like it was, what was really sad was when I saw the, I saw the Tampa, I, I saw they, they posted the pictures of through, through the years and from like 2011 to like 2020 and Gosh, what what a journey he's had with our organization. And like, just to think. I mean, maybe he didn't want to stick around and a lot of us saw it coming, but I think D Ray's bait put it best. It's like it felt like it was like a year early. Mm -hmm. You know. I I, you needed to give like this pitching staff like one more I understood Morton. I understood getting rid of Morton. He was kind of tailing off, you know, um, at the end of his contracts. So I understand dealing him out. And, you know, we kinda heard like rumors they were dealing Snell out or they were trying to. And then when, once Charlie Morton got traded, we, um we were, we just blew that off, but then it came back, you know, and now, now, he, now he's, now he's going to on a really overpowered Padres team looking to top the Dodgers. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for Blake Snell. I think, I think he's one of the greatest, one of the greatest raise, race pitchers of all time. Um, So I just give him a lot of credit, you know, it's sad to see him go, but I know this team will still be, will still be competitive because we, we used his experience to get experience out of our guys, you know, and now, and now the whole roster, almost the whole roster has World Series experience. So it's going to be exciting to see these next few years, how, how we adjust to this, these kind of holes that are left in our pitching staff.
1: And speaking of pitching staff, I'm very interested in seeing like Honeywell next year once he's um on with his injuries because everyone has been waiting for him to come and make his debut for the Rays for like a long time now. He's been the he's been in a lot of talks for the MLB pipeline. He's been our top prospect for a while and so I'm honestly super excited to see how that goes on we have I mean we currently just have the thought of like thinking of the pitching staff it's like glass Yarborough, Honeywell McKay and then whoever else in the bullpen and I'm honestly excited to see how it goes I know it'll take a while for him to make his debut because he might still be like getting off you know hearing from his injury but I think that he if, if after a while I think he might have a good season for his debut
0: Yeah, I'm excited about um, the rotation. I think I do want to get into, in a little bit, I want to get into talking about possible names because, um, Amita, like you said, um, or I don't know if you said this, but we had talked about it pre-pod about how um, Neander said he was optimistic and hopeful that the Rays or, like, the Rays are still exploring possible pitching options going into 2021. And it is still December, which is one thing that he did say. So, you know, as of right now, it seems like the Rays offseason – spree in terms of what they're doing. Their offseason moves uh, aren't completely over. I was curious because when I heard him, when I saw the comments that he made, Neander, um, it seems like he didn't want to do the trade, if that makes sense. So I'm wondering if it was something that he pulled or if it was something that Stu pulled and then he basically had to agree with it. And if he didn't agree with it, then, you know, possible repercussions for the future.
1: Now I know that in one of the group chats that we were in, which um, shout out to the elite group, elite race group chat, um, I do know that we were just talking about this right now. Somebody did send it. I can't remember who it was, but I'm going back to it. And this is what Snell said. And he said that Um, you know, the Padres have a good team, like they can hit, they can play defense, they can pitch. And he was like, I'm excited about what we'll be able to do. It's cool to go to a team where the owner spends money and wants to win and wants to win now. And I'll get to be a part of that. So it's like, I can see, you know, I, and he's said, you know, Snell has said before, like, he still loves the Rays organization. He still loves the coaches. He still loves the players. It's not like he hates them or anything. He knows that he knows that it wasn't, you know, Neander's intention to trade him because I'm sure he didn't want to do it either. And so I'm thinking that it might have been Stu's thoughts to trade him now. And I'm sure that Neander was thinking, like, he would only agree with him if it was, like, if they're going to get good players in return for Snell.
0: Yeah, Gibby, I don't know uh, if you have an opinion one way or another about it.
2: Yeah, I. they definitely – Stu's definitely wanted to cut costs. I mean, that that was – even now, apparently he's he he's not. I mean, after last season, there was a big profit drop in all in all baseball markets. Um, so I guess he kind of looks at that and he doesn't want to lose any more money or whatever. You know, I feel like that was kinda, I don't feel like he's actually like get rid of Snell. Like get get rid of him. Get him out of here. Like I can't, I can't afford to pay him. I don't think, I don't feel like he's he's actually saying that. He's just, he's probably wanting to cut costs, and so I don't. Obviously, I don't think Neander wanted to trade Snell away. I mean, he's such a vital piece of our offense, but you know, it's just it's baseball. That's true.
0: It's I, it's just a really interesting. Like, there's such a weird dichotomy with this team trying to understand what's going on with just how they're doing things. And I, I do want to say, because we can get into talking more about the prospects in a little bit. They got a great return for him based on, I mean, for those that don't know, the Padres also traded for Cubs starter Yu Darvish, who finished, I think, second or third in the NL Cy Young voting this year. I think it was second. So,
1: second.
0: Yeah. So what they – the return that they got, uh, the Cubs got for Darvish, was much less than the return that the Rays got for – for Snell which I think is you know like kudos to the Rays for for being able to to figure out ways to do that and then hopefully bolster their not only farm system but also guys hopefully in the future that they're going to get here we give you were going to say something for a sec no 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 okay um so I mean that that part is good that part is really good I'm glad that they know I mean they've they've, they've traded a lot of big name guys before so it's not like this is the first time That they've done something like this. It just really concerns me that we're doing, even though, again, something like this was inevitable to happen. It's just concerning to me that The owner is really adamant on trying to cut costs as much as possible with a payroll that's not that big anyways. And then on and then on top of like on top of all of this stuff, I thought about this yesterday when I was just thinking about the entire trade, just the entire scope of the trade, not only just for the Rays, but for Major League Baseball in general. And it really makes me start to think about the commissioners of the league. And I'm not going to say this is Manfred's fault at all, but I think he plays a role in this in allowing Stu to do what he does as an owner. Because if you think about all of professional sports in general, when you think about the commissioners that have existed in these different sports leagues, people hate Roger Goodell in the NFL. People hate Gary Bettman in, in the NHL. People love Adam Silver because he hasn't done anything bad so far. And David Stern had a very cloudy tenure as, as an NBA commissioner. And Selig and and Manfred have both had problems in recent years. Uh, well Manfred more recently and then Seelig in the 90s and early 2000s and going into I think it was the mid-2010s mid all of them like there's been something that is gone. I mean labor disputes which have caused lockouts like full season lockouts I mean the only reason why um, like, like if we think about this from a baseball standpoint Seelig is considered both a great and a terrible commissioner but if we think like The only reason why steroids were encouraged, if you want to even call it encouraged, the only reason why it became so big is because Seelig was never able, Seelig and the owners were never able to negotiate a deal with the players union in 1994, which then caused the lockout and the cancellation of the 1994 postseason. Because then after that, in order to gain fans back, they needed something. And that something was steroids. That's the, so then steroids brought it back. And then he was heralded as, as, as like a God, if you want to even, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider that, but in order to get there, he caused the problem, which then he then solved, but then also got in trouble with again because then steroids got into the national spotlight and everyone got caught for it. And then on top of this, there have been teams that have, that have moved controversially, like, like the Supersonics, the Hartford Whalers, the, I think, I think the Quebec Nordiques moved in, in the middle of Gary Bettman's tenure other teams have moved, and there have been problems like that, and then that leads back to the Rays with what Stu's doing and trying to, you know, continue to push that that Montreal split city idea. And Manfred's done nothing to say, no, this is not a good idea because we've seen in other sports there have been problems where teams have, like, literally, I, the, the city of Seattle will never be able to forgive Howard Schultz for what he did um, to, to, to give away the Supersonics and have them move to to – OKC to become the Thunder like that is an irreplaceable move in the history of 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 Seattle sports that he's just that he can't fix and Stern allowed that to happen and I think in the same way Manfred is allowing what's happening with the Rays to happen and he's not doing anything about it and that just raises a lot of concerns for me but it's also something that hasn't seemed to been corrected or sa- hasn't seemed to be corrected in any professional sports league.
1: And I remember like, I think it was like, the, it was also like the, during winter meetings too was when like a lot, there were a lot of talks about like, like wanting to move the team to Montreal or having like half season here and half season in Montreal. And like, like you said, Alex, like, no, but like Manfred did not say no. Like he didn't say no. Like he didn't stop it from happening. Like this idea was literally going to happen. And nobody said anything they were going to say we were nearly we were all scared because it was nearly going to be a thing after the contract of Tropicana Field ends so I'm really we're all hoping that this does not happen because if it does happen and um you know the McLanes, we were all talking about um all the girls were talking about this you know it really sucks for the players too because I don't think any of these players would ever want to like split you know have a split season and a lot of other, um, the race players were talking about this too they don't want to have a split season where they're going in one city and then going to another it's hard for them and the families too
0: yeah there's a lot
2: yeah I feel like I feel like split city might be kind of a bluff possibly oh, oh it's pro- oh, it's, uh, it's a bluff definitely. it's a bluff more than just more just to moving like yeah like either they want to move or they're just bluffing Tampa to make them
0: but it's these kind of moves that are encouraging that more as a reality than it should be. Yeah,
2: definitely. And I feel like MLB doesn't view – Major League Baseball doesn't view the Tampa Bay area as a profitable baseball town, which I think is just bogus. I mean, look at, like, how successful a bunch of the minor league teams are down here. Like, if you just put it in the right spot, it works. Like, but we've talked about this again and yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Um, just harping on, like, old stuff. It, yeah. It's just – You know, he's Stu's gonna do what he wants with the team because it's his team, yep. And until it's not his team, it's gonna be like this. So that's that's just my opinion,
0: yeah. No, we're gonna have to deal with it, Uh, which is you know, for better or worse, we'll have to see what happens in the future. But let's try to get into a little bit more positive stuff so. We can talk a little bit more about our favorite moments with Blake Snell, but let's talk about the prospects that the Rays got in return. Because a lot of people are saying that the Rays fleeced the Padres, as, you know, this a la when the Rays fleeced the Pirates, which was an actual fleece because Chris Archer was not worth any, like, that was that was that was still ridiculous to this day. And I think there was a really, really interesting, uh, I, it, it wasn't a thread, but a post that a Tigers fan made in the Rays subreddit just about describing Snell where he is now going into 2021 and the rest of his contract. And honestly speaking, I mean the way that – well, I'll also, quickly, it, it sucks that Game 6 of the World Series was the end of his career because it's almost like they're doubling down on him on the decision of uh, to get rid of him, which sucks. But what if Game 6 was the peak? Like, that's it. And then now the Rays have four good prospects that they can either, that will either make a big impact for them in the future or they'll end up trading in some way. And I don't know if you, I mean, we've like a lot of people really like Luis Patino stuff. And is he right now, is he the centerpiece of this deal or will he become the, like, will he be the centerpiece of this deal in a few years or will someone else uh, emerge above him?
2: Well, me looking at the deal, I, I, like I said, I like the deal. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it doesn't make your team better right now. I don't feel like Patino can come in right now and be like Snow. I don't feel like um, what's the other pitcher's name? Wilcox can come in. Oh, he in just got but,
0: drafted in twenty twenty. There's no. Yeah, he, did, he, he, yeah. <laughs> <take him. laughs> he yeah. I was gonna
2: say
1: it's gonna, time. it's gonna take it's a very long time. Favor. I mean, somehow the White
0: Sox got a twenty twenty guy in on the team this year, and he was throwing heat. But I don't think Wilcox is coming up for like another year or two. Yeah, but <laughs>
2: yeah, but. For, I, I feel like you, you you do have some stud catchers now. I feel like that that's pretty good. That's what we've wanted. You know, we have some more depth there, but still unproven commodity. Snell was a proven commodity that we got rid of. And, you know, probably will be better at least next year. To ha- it would probably be better to have him than to not have him. And that's that's the point I'm I'm trying to drive home. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of cope going on in in the in the Rays fandom right now. Yeah. Don't be yeah, mistaken. Of- don't <laughs> be mistaken. This is it's still it's still I feel like it's still something to be sad about. Like we could still be sad about it. You know. Like I feel like obviously the team. I feel we're in a better position for our future, but at the same time, for next season, I don't feel like we are in a better position. It it depends on what this trade they're they're talking about is. To get what what guy they're gonna get you know mm-hmm. maybe they're just clearing space for trevor bauer like i said before the podcast <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep trolling with the trevor bauer stuff yeah right i know you are <laughs> until it happens and,
1: so. and like that's the thing like we've all been like we like after the world series and we were all like the first thing that came to our mind was okay like all the free agents in our like team we were like okay like with domino um, but, you know, Zunino became a free agent. And we were like, okay, need to look for a catcher now. That's all our, the Rays better focus on finding a catcher right now. And you know, they re-signed Zunino, and then now they have Mejia. And there's a lot of mixed, like, there's a lot of mixed reviews about Mejia, mm-hmm. and which people are like, is his offense going? Is offense good? Is his defense good? Like, nobody really knows because we haven't really seen much of him. I haven't seen much of him, obviously. So no one, no one's really sure if he is going to be able to help the raise as much as um, we wanted to for like Contreras or um, Flowers or somebody else. But I'm thinking that, you know, like, like I said before, like, I feel like there might be something that, you know, our front office is seeing in these guys that we probably don't know or see. So, and then with like, and our coaches are really amazing. So our coaches will be able to, even if there's something wrong, our coaches are going to be able to fix these guys in like no time.
0: Yeah. I wanted to say, I honestly, people I don't think are are valuing Cole Wilcox as much as they should. Oh, that's he a, was, he's a big yeah. boy. He, he's a big boy. He was, so for those that don't know, he pitched at Georgia. Emerson Hancock, who was also, he does, he who, does, gas. He does throw gas, but he pitched in the same rotation as Emerson Hancock who was a top 15 or top 10 pick in the MLB draft this year and had, I think better equal or equal and or better stats this year than, than, um, than, than Hancock did. And Wilk, I mean, Wilcox got drafted in the third round. He got first round money. He was a first round talent, but just the way that the draft worked, um, he ended up becoming a third round pick, but got, I, I think he signed like a three, $3.3 million signing bonus. So, He's got good stuff. He has very good stuff. He's got plus pitches, and if they can develop him, he is going to be really good. And the fact that he pitched in the SEC, again, an underrated, an, an underrated thing, especially in college, pitching in the SEC. The SEC is arguably the best baseball conference in college baseball. I mean, you have Florida. You have Texas A&M there. You have Vanderbilt national champions you have all of these good teams. I mean, Kentucky's there too, Tennessee. These are some really, really, really good teams that they're playing. And that is a big, big plus for oh also LSU. I don't know why I forgot about LSU, but like that is a big plus that he was able to do what he did in the SEC. Not not just not just I mean, obviously this year was was weird because season got canceled basically like 10, 15 games in. But he pitched he has pitched well against SEC opponents, which is a very very important thing. And also, people should not take what Patino did this year, Luis Patino. They should not take what they what he did this year as what he is going to do in his career. Because, like I said earlier, he didn't pitch above A-ball until 2020 when the Padres needed starters because the Nelson Lamette went down. Clevenger went down later in the year. They needed guys to fill the rotation. And Patino came in, and he has incredible stuff. But he doesn't – I mean, pitching – not pitching above a ball you're not really able to face better talent so literally jumping two levels going into the major leagues guys are going to be able to hit your stuff more it's not going to be you know it's going to be flatter it's not going to move as much he's going to develop and he's going to become an ace so don't think that 2020 is going to be what Luis Patino is going to be for the rest of his career
1: and now like and forgive me if I'm wrong for this but Ryan Thompson as well didn't he come up like last year and he like the highest seed pitch was like um, single A, right, or is it can, double A?
0: I can check on that as you're talking.
1: Okay, because I remember, like, I know, like, the fan, like, the race fan base, like, they were, were really worried because they were like, okay, you know, if we have all these injuries. Who is going to like fill in this spot? I think, and in my opinion, I think Fleming did a, I think Fleming did a good job of proving that. Even though, um, I think I'm, and I don't even know, I can't even remember what, um if Fleming pitched in AAA or not either. But I do know – I, I, remember well, I will say Thompson.
0: that Thompson pitched as high as AAA Fresno in 2018 with the Astros. And then he okay. – and, and then the race oh, drafted okay. him in the Rule 5 draft. So he had had minor league experience, but it wasn't until 2020 that he actually made his debut.
1: Yeah. So that's another – like, and that's another example too. Like, And we might you – know, you never know. We might see him too on the roster next year that – and like, don't look at the 20, sorry, I was this, um, Don't look at the 2020 stats because a lot of these people, the, all these pitchers, they came up in 2020 and they haven't like really pitched over like single A or double A, you know. So we shouldn't really be looking at those stats right now because we never know what their future is going to be like, and they still have good stuff. We just haven't seen it yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like yeah. all these guys, all these guys have great potential. Like I said. But the twenty twenty one Rays are worse. Yeah, but like I think the
0: Future Rays. Future Rays are really good.
1: Future, yeah, are, are, future are. Rays. Wander, hey, Burron. But, Ma- Lander, same,
0: but I, I, Michael the, Waka though, people are uh, forgetting about the GOAT Michael Waka is gonna yeah. win fifteen games, have like a sub three R H to be God. And it's not gonna yeah. happen, but I mean we can wish. I mean we, <laughs> we can hope. hope. Yeah, but I feel like these
2: guys they're a good they have a good a good chance of b- being real studs for our team, but I, I wouldn't say we fleeced the Padres, but maybe I'll be wrong in the future. I, I hope I'm wrong.
0: In the we got a good return. We got a very good a return. Good I return. will say that. So we can say, say even that. right now. We can say even, and yeah. or the Padres are slightly better, but I don't to think... To be
2: determined. I feel like determined. all these, these trades, all these trades are always are always hindsight trades like we'll we'll find out in a few years. That is how, true. How it
0: turns out. So I wanted to this ask is- oh wait sorry amina I cut you off. No it's
1: okay. I was like especially with um Michael walker like you know um he was Mets fans did not like him at all last year you know he was he's injured and then he didn't really do that well last year. But then again, you know, this is the Rays. We have Kyle Snyder, the absolute pitching coach god who can literally fix a like pitcher who had like a who has a terrible era into like somebody who can be a stud so I feel like you know even if Walker like struggles a little bit you know Kyle Snyder can work with him and make him a better pitcher on the Rays
0: mm-hmm. well speaking of possible pitchers so like I said Neander it, he said that the Rays are still going to look for arms now there were a few that had Crossed my mind, and I know that we had done like a Christmas wish list about like pitchers, starting pitchers that we would want on this team, but he said someone with experience, someone more of a veteran arm. And there's two former Rays on the market right now, Chris Archer and Jake Odorizzi, who are that in a way, and both, I think, had arguably their best seasons in Tampa. If you want to argue Oda Rizzi had his best seasons in Minnesota, that's fine. But on the whole, they had very good careers with the Rays. So those are two options out there if if the Rays want to go after people. And then the other one that I think a lot of people have been pushing for recently because the Reds said that they were making him available is trading for Luis Castillo. I think that, A, trading for Sonny Gray is – like, Sonny Gray's good, but I think that Castillo has the better stuff. He has one of the best changeups in baseball, and he's young, and or young enough. I think he's younger than Gray, and I think he would work really well with the Rays. Now, you guys can feel free to throw out other people, but are, do you think that they're going to add an arm? And if they do, is it going to be in the free agent market, or is it going to be a via trade?
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that, the, Reds,
2: the Reds-Castillo trade – that that would be a trade, right? Yeah, that would, have yeah, to that would be time. a trade. That would be
0: a trade. He's got a few years left on his contract.
2: But Archer,
0: Archer would just be a signing.
2: Yeah, Archer and Odorizzi
0: are free agents right now, so we would just have to sign them. So,
2: so that would be the ultimate trade win with that Pirates deal, because then we would just get <laughs> Chris Archer back. <laughs> that, I, would I I <laughs> that would be great. the yeah. That's that's the good comedy option, like the good uh, good story there. Um, but I'm not sure who we're gonna deal for Castillo. I guess we could get rid of. You know we just got some prospects so if we want some prospects we don't want i don't i, I don't even like saying any of the top guys that we have no so. no not, he's I'm not, not sure. worth any of the top guys yeah, so yeah he's, no, he's not definitely that, not he's not that good yeah but i, I don't know what, what we'd trade for with castillo but
1: and i feel probably, like i feel like there have been a lot of like rumors that have been siding towards like ever. like these rumors have been siding towards like archer and odor like oh the Raids could re-sign Odrizi or the Rays could re-sign Archer and like I mean in my opinion like I'm just really not gonna get like I can't get optimistic right now to find for like the Rays finding like these pitchers because God knows what's gonna happen with this team. like Ander could do anything right now like we would have no idea so it's really just a question it's really just a waiting game at this point once again like to see like who's going if, if this is like a trading that, ma- like you said, Alex, like, is this a trade matter, or is this someone they're going to pick up as a free agency? That's just like a, that's just like a waiting game for us at this point.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. It's a good point. I I think it would yeah, be Bauer, funny. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. No, no we're not getting Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> I mean, hey, Rachel Luba, if you listen to this podcast, which I know you do, like like, trust yeah. me. I mean, you don't, but if you do, hi, hello, what's on this turn? Yeah, I mean, like. I mean, like, again, it would be fun if we, if we got him, but I think they would be better served if we just lost two arms. What if we add two arms back in Archer and Odorizzi? Because I mean, I know that Waka is there, but they can still use him. Like, like they can, if they want to, they can use Yarbrough back in an opener role. They can, if McKay's not going to be fully healthy, then they can use Waka there. But with i mean right now you have glass now you have Yarbrough. you have mckay hopefully honeywell maybe waka like that's in that's like three starters essentially or two starters and a long reliever however you want to do it archer and odorizzi right now their stocks are very low their stocks are very low The Pirates aren't going to re-sign Archer because the Pirates don't care. They're not – they're in full rebuild mode. They're going to get Kumar Rocker with the first pick in the draft next year so they could care less because they're, like, all in on on, on Kumar going into the next few years. So they can just run with, like, a garbage rotation for, like, two, three years, wait until Rocker comes up and then make him the guy. But they're not – I mean, they have no reason to want to re-sign Archer, in my opinion – and the Twins, I mean, they could go re-sign Oda Rizzi. Luckily, Kento Maeda had a really good year for them, so that kind of makes up for Oda Rizzi having a bad year. So maybe they won't need to re-sign him because Maeda was so good, and they're hoping that he'll be good in 2021. But their stocks are really low because they didn't have great 2020s. And, again, them being good with the Rays makes me think that I don't like, personally speaking, I don't like Archer because he immediately talked crap about the team after he left. It, Snell hasn't done. That. I don't think that Snell is going to go and say, "Hey, it's tough to pitch in front of fifteen thousand fans." And I don't think Snell's that type of person. I think he's gonna—he's the type of person that goes after management and/or the league. Archer went directly after the fans.
2: I feel like I feel like there's always the 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 Tampa the Tampa leave kind of with, with like your big players, you know. Evan Longoria, you know, he said what he said about the owner. Oh, I
0: yeah, I didn't. I'm I I lost a lot of respect in him after he said that
2: yeah i mean th- it always happens you know because but you know, i don't think
0: snell's gonna do that there i just don't think he's gonna do that
2: I, d- I don't blame i don't blame the players for that it well he's already talking about the ownership you know but he's g- very grateful to the team, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he cares exactly. about the team. which is which is like why they, i think that I he's like talking they all they all did and but they, they really go after the owner they all that's the one oh yeah yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the oh, one for sure i mean out. he already like all he
1: already made Oh, yeah. No, he really, he already made a jab at, like, Stu for doing what he did, and, like, he said, like, oh, I'm, I, like, all he really said, all Snell really said was, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I appreciate that the Padres owner wants to, like, make moves and win now, um, whereas Stu is just a completely different ball game for him you know so it was just kind of like shame I feel like I feel like he loves the fa- like he still loves the fans here you know like he's still interacting with them like even yesterday when we were all like the, um, when MLB made posts on Instagram like I saw him comment like he was replying to all these comments and a lot of people were just like oh why did you have to go like you you didn't have to leave or something you know and then there were he was just like well it was not and he did comment this he said it was not my choice so if anybody thought that it was snell's choice it was not snell's choice to yeah. leave the Rays.
2: oh definitely he he definitely wanted to stay i mean you could just tell that like just from his body language i mean he's probably the guy who's been who's been at the top of our organization the longest who hasn't like turned on the team by now mm-hmm. I, I i so i admire that about him you know so
0: yeah i'm it's just, it's just so weird to think that he's gone now. It's just, I, that that's like, I think like the weirdest thing.
2: Yeah, it still hasn't settled.
0: Yet. Yeah, yeah, I think Until it's. I see him be in, like, that, in that
2: in that Padres uniform. That's gonna be weird. Well,
1: I'm gonna, gonna be really destroyed. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: gonna
0: be really. And
1: weird. I'm not even, you know, I don't maybe. Well, maybe I can um, just bring it up a little bit. Our former, lovely former Ray Tommy fan was actually pretty excited to have him on the Padres because you know he did say that you know Blake Snell did say that they still talk like even when he was on the rays they still talked you know so obviously there's somebody there for their lovely former rays there but um i was it was really funny because even in my head like before this trade i was like i feel like the padres are going to do something with the rays i mm-hmm. just don't know what it is aj
0: preller does like taking guys from the rays this isn't the yeah fourth. it's
1: it's like literally and, um Fun fact for anybody who doesn't know, my second favorite team is the Royals, and they also like to make moves with the Royals as well. So it's like they're looking like the Padres are literally just looking for all these players. Like they're going all in. You know, they're trying their best to find these players that they can literally like make that can literally make them a winning team. But the question is like, will they win against the Dodgers? That's their biggest challenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And 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 we'll see that in due time. I did want to quickly say, for those that didn't see. Uh, the Rays also traded away reliever um, Jose Alvarado to the Phillies in a three-way deal with the Dodgers. They got back a first base, a first base prospect, and a player to be named later. I know it's not really crazy of note, but just something to something to uh, to add in here. Just one last thing talking about Blake Snell, and then we can kind of talk more about you and and then uh, as a wrap up of the year, talk about our favorite Rays moments of 2020. What is everyone's favorite Blake Snell moment as a member of the Rays?
1: if you think of this, because there's many good moments.
0: I know there's a lot, but if you guys want to talk about a few, that's, that's perfectly fine with me.
1: Oh, you know, I do have one good moment. So I was at, I attended last year's postseason when they were playing the Astros and ALDS, and I was at the home, I think it was game, I believe it was game four, and or game three or four, I can't remember, but I do know that blake came in to relieve the game i think it i think it was either a bottom of the eighth or nine i can't remember i
0: think it was the ninth but that he came in in order to yes. close the door close
1: the game yes so i think that was definitely one of my favorite moments of him because i saw that in person and i have videos of a and i think and he did an amazing job and i think like when you put him out there in a do or die situation he is the one that can get the job done. And I think that that, that was literally one of my favorite moments because he did a great job. It was like lights out like lights out innings, like, and I really like that so much. I think that's one of my top favorite moments, especially because I was there in person.
2: Um, probably one of my favorite moments is just all, all of his how, – how good he was in the playoffs. Maybe not 2019. 2019, he was pretty good. 2020, I feel like he was, he was on fire. This, this whole, this whole playoff break, he always won us our games. Uh, those were some of the best moments for me. And just, just how, how good he is with everyone and how, how, how much of a, like a friend he is to the whole team. Like I I was looking at those, at those, uh, pictures they posted and it, it's just, it's it's sad to see him go it really is um there's just too many moments i couldn't put my finger on like a specific one that stood out to me he's just always 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 proved himself on to our team so mm-hmm. it's sad and, to see him
1: go yeah and he was also like a huge fan favorite you know like he always he loved interacting with the fans he loved like talking to them and meeting with them uh, every time like you know they had um signature days he would always like have fun meeting with them and talking with the fans and just like joking around and trolling everybody and I thought you know I think his like presence on our team just like really was one of the best that we one of the best teammates probably that we've ever had on Mm -hmm. our team and honestly I feel bad for Willie because it's like you know Willie's been here for a long time for a while and he's got, he's been friends with, you know, he's been friends with everybody, and once somebody leaves, it just gets harder for him, because, you know, if he, I saw his, I mean, I saw his post, and I was like, oh man, like, I just feel bad for him, because I remember when um Jake Bowers was, like, his best, best friend, and, like, when Jake Bowers left, he was really sad, and then, like, when Tommy left, like, he was pretty sad, and then now with Blake, it just gets, just getting sad and I, I now I'm just like please don't I'm like right I'm like I'm begging Neander don't like in the future do not trade um really even though like Wander is going to come up like pretty soon in the future too but don't trade really right now
0: yeah um I think some of my favorite things are watching so I've really enjoyed watching him on Twitch I think that his Twitch streams are hilarious. I think that all the stuff that he did during the during the MLB to Show tournament with like oh, the fake butt yammer—it's something that's like really unique to him. Because a lot of this stuff just happens in real time, and he reacts in real time. I mean, the um, uh, uh, <laughs> what was it—the Tommy Fam trade when he talked about the prospects? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was just—it's—it's it's stuff like that where it's like he's reacting in real time, and that's him. It's not like he's being, you know, this is some manufactured personality from the team that was, that's been doctored by the media relations department. And he has to, you know, be prim and proper and all this stuff. Like he's not, he's, he's nothing like that. He says what he feels, he says what comes to his mind. And he's, I feel like a really, really honest guy. And I think that that's not necessarily something that's a hundred percent common with, with a lot of baseball players. I mean, what he said coming into the season about wanting to get his money, that was, I'm sure, the feeling of a lot of players across the league. It wasn't just him. This was something that a lot of other players felt, but I don't think any of them wanted to be vocal about it. But he didn't care that he was vocal about it. He just said what he felt. And regardless of the backlash, not, you know, positive or negative, the, you know, stuff that he got as a result of it, you know, replies and just an an overall reception to it. He said what he felt. He was, he was, he was honest to the people. And I think that that's really, really, I I just think that for me as a fan, it's, it's, it's refreshing and it's great to see that, especially moving forward. And I think his personality is going to fit really well into what the Padres are doing because I think he's got a great personality. I think, I think the Twitch stream stuff is going to be great in San Diego, fitting into that vibe. I mean, he can get guys like Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, on uh, streams and things like that. Like, I just think that it's going to work so well, and he's going to mesh really well with that team. And, uh, again, as guys leave, I'm never like, I never wish anything bad on their careers once they leave. Like, especially with Blake, I really hope that – I hope the absolute best for him in San Diego. Now, do I want to win the trade? Yes, I want to win the trade. I mean, any Rays fan wants to win this trade, but I also really hope for the absolute best with Blake in San Diego. Absolutely. Um,
2: You know, when he says, I got to get my money, you know, I I, I support that, you know. He's he's, he's a
0: stud.
1: As a fellow person who
0: needs to get money. <laughs> yeah man.
2: he mm-hmm. he he's a stud and he needs he he needs to prove it on on a no offense on a bigger stage and he and we've gotten so many years out of him for such a discounted cost in reality you know to what he really is yeah so i mean that's kind of what the rays do they kind of use players like rags and then throw them out when they're done with them uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it you're kind, not that, you're not you're not wrong yeah. Not not completely wrong, but not completely wrong. You know, we got some of the best years of Blake's career out of him. So I I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he just keeps balling out in San Diego, and that's that looks like a swag swagged out team. That's a team with a lot of comp, confidence. I mean, you mm-hmm. Darvish, Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell. Now, yeah, Fernando Tatis. You got our old guy Tommy Pham there. It's oh, that's such a cool team. i was we're talking to Alex. You know, if the if if the Rays move to move to Canada, you know, we're we're gonna rename this podcast Padres the Roof. Uh,
0: I mean, we can do that. I'm just I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. If they, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to actually support a team. Or Blue Jays, that's, the, that's
1: a Blue Jays the Roof. And
2: Blue Jays the Roof.
0: We could just make a whole podcast network, but we can only have exactly. the A's team. A's yeah. the Roof. That's fine. You know, we can do something like that. So yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of hard. It's hard to see guys go but best of luck for him in the future. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Amita. So this leads to you talking more about you. So uh, just so you so you said you became a race fan seven years ago. How did that start?
1: Okay. So from what I remember, at least, I feel like I went to a, like maybe one or two like race games before 2013.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't
1: remember for sure. But I remember my, like my brother is a huge sports fanatic before mm-hmm. I even was a sports fanatic. So uh, I think my game, the this game was against the Royals, ironically. Um, it was in <laughs> 2013 and it was a home game. And I had just started watching it, and I was like, I was like this sports team. I was like this is so interesting, and I'd never invested myself or tried to like watch sports when I was younger. And like literally everyone on like um, race Twitter is like, oh yeah, I've been a fan since I was born. I've been a fan since like I was like two, or three years old, or when I was younger. And I'm like, well, I've been a fan since I was twelve, so it's okay. But I, um, I'm really like happy. I'm really, really happy that I have baseball in my life because I like learned to really love baseball. And funny story who, the man who is now the Phillies general manager, Mr. Sam Fold, was right, my right. very, yes, was my very first um, ra- favorite race player, so. It's a
0: good race player to have as your favorite player.
1: Yeah, exactly, 100%. and it was like that, it was really, it's really, like, interesting to, like, you know, if you're flashing back and see that era of, like, the race, when they have, like, Sean Rodriguez, Matt Joyce, and Sam Fold, and James Loney, and, like, all these, like, Evan Longoria, Ben Zobras, David Price, you know, etc., like, all these yeah. players, and you look back, and, like, each year, it's, like, the roster's, like, different, and it's so fun to, like, be a fan of all these years, and just try, and, like, look back at all the memories, and I'm really glad, like, I've been in this journey, I've been through this baseball journey for seven years, and I have not, never, not once regretted my regular, well, sorry, regretted it, so I'm really glad, and the Rays, honestly, like I can watch. Honestly, I'm so glad that they're here, and so I have a local team like them to watch. And I'm really glad because the stadium's only um 15 minutes away from my house, so or 10 to 15 minutes away. So, I love it here.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a really convenient uh you know place to actually get to. Like 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 you're really really conveniently placed to where the stadium is. Uh, how often do you usually get to games, being so close to the stadium?
1: So um. Because I am a college student, and actually, I you know, I don't even know how it would have been um, this year. But because I am a college student, and my brother is also um, working and stuff, I usually go to games with him and um, one of my cousins. Um, we probably go to about like I think in total like three to four games. I'm not very not like a very often amount as mm-hmm. I as I would wish, but um we go to i we go to enough games that like would satisfy me at least you know like i don't want to keep going to like two too many games like hopefully in the future like i'll be able to go to more games and just like you know three four games but i think like i yeah so in general i just make it to like three to four games a year if not yeah. a little bit if i if i'm lucky probably a little bit more yeah,
0: yeah it makes but sense.
1: also the trop has amazing events outside of just baseball and that's actually pretty fun Fun fact, they had um, this Christmas light um, event last year called Enchant at the Trop, and I did go, and it was very beautiful. So I'm really glad that, like, the Trop is not only open to, like, the Rays, but, you know, it's there for, like, all these other events, which I hate that people say that it's, like, an ugly stadium, when unless if you, like, you never walked inside of it, if you're calling it ugly.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the oh, state, yeah. Oh, we, do, oh we, are, we are Trop defenders here. It is not that bad of a stadium, honestly speaking. I would much rather the
2: outside the outside does look like a water treatment facility (laughs) other than that that, the inside of the ballpark and the whole ballpark experience just the fan experience in general yeah exactly which is
1: the problem that Yankees fans would think because they look at the outside and they're like oh your stadium's ugly you have no fans I mean like
0: yeah aesthetically pleasing outside of it it's not that attractive yeah it's not
1: yeah, but once you walk in, it's, and it's literally that feeling of the AC and, like, the beauty of the stadium once you walk in, and all those lights and, like, the smell of, like, like all of this ballpark food, it just makes you feel like you're actually at a stadium, and it makes you feel like you're at home.
0: Yeah, that's really dope. Uh, I, so, aside from – so, I mean, obviously, your, your fandom for the Rays has grown exponentially over the years. When did Twitter start becoming a part of all of this for you?
1: It was actually a very funny story. Um I think actually when I became a fan, I think I was like, okay, um I am going to reach out on Twitter and see if I can find any other reasons to be friends with. I think I started out as a like I'm not even gonna be ashamed to say this because um you know it's pretty it's pretty fun to say it. But I think I started out as like a small like a very small um sample fan page and then and then I ended up on um, becoming my own solo page for myself and like I saw these like you know, I saw all these like amazing people and I was like, you know, it might be fun to just like join this community of amazing Rays fans and like get to talk to them about like, our t- own team, and, like, you know, meet up at games in the future and stuff, which is kind of unfortunate, because I still have yet to meet anybody on race Twitter, so um, I, I feel like it really has become a family, because we've all, like, known each other for a while, like, and ever, I've, I and I have people that I follow right now that have known me since I came on Twitter in, like, 2013, so, like, I'm really glad to, like, you know, be able to be, a, a like, meet new people and like become a whole family with them and just be able to talk about our own team or even the players or just like anybody else in general, you know, and I'm really glad to have made like friendships with all these people. So it's just been an amazing journey to be on Twitter, race Twitter.
0: How would you describe it in recent years? And, and Gibby, you can chime in on this too, because I know we talked about it for a little bit a few episodes ago, I think when we had um, David on Yoke Yandi. but how would you describe, well, Amita, how would you describe what, what Ray's Twitter has become as you've seen it?
1: So it's really um, funny because, oh, go ahead, Gibby.
2: Oh, I, I like it, you know. I, I like it when it's a big trade and there's a lot of cope going around. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my favorite part. Um, but but it's, it's a funny community. I, I, I appreciate it, you know. It gives me a laugh.
1: Honestly like since I started in 2013 and then like as the years go on it's really weird because some people will like I actually fun fact this isn't even my first account my like the first account that I had got suspended because I had accidentally put in like I was trying to put in my birthday and it suspended me because it said that I was a minor at the time I made the Twitter which was kind of true, well, actually, no, not really, but anyways, um, I had to make another account, and I had to find all the, I had to tell all these people, you had to follow me again, please, please, I'm still the same person, my, I lost my Twitter account, please come follow me, and it's really weird, because, like, sometimes, like, people will be, it's like, a, like, I follow, like, more people now, people follow me more now than they did before, and it's really weird. Cause I'm like, I don't know how I'm getting like these, I don't know how I'm getting these followers cause I don't know what I'm saying. That's like making them want to follow me. I mean, I am an amazing race fan. I will say that. But, mm-hmm. um, I think that there are people who there are the people who overreact. There are people who like, I mean, definitely people who are overreacting like right now, like these trade, there are people who are Debbie Downers and there are people who are just very optimistic in this team, no matter what happens. And Honestly, I appreciate all of them. I am glad that everyone has their thoughts and I just sit there and you know I'm looking at these tweets and I'm like, it's interesting to see people's thoughts and what they think about the rays. And like I know there's all it's like so funny because once a big player goes away from the team and gets traded away, there are people who will be like, Oh, we've got to boycott the team the boycott the rays now because they're not good enough. They're not good anymore. They're become they're gonna rebuild, you know? And then there's people that are like, Well, you gotta trust the process and that's it and you know you just gotta you just gotta believe them trust the process I feel like a lot of people just have to kind of calm down stop overreacting because when you see like um, the rays make moves I feel like a lot of people just don't really like for us at least like at first we think we think emotionally and we're just like oh God well, how I'm so like I'm so sad you know and we're not able to see like the bigger picture of like oh, you know, why did this happen? So that's why, like, it's really crazy to see, like, all these people's reactions on what happened versus, like, how they feel about it.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So, it makes sense. There it, there are definitely a lot of extremes, but then there's also a lot of people in the middle. And I think it creates for, I mean, I mean, in everything, you're going to get extremes. So this is not something that's out of the ordinary. But it, it it has become something that is that is really, really great. And especially now, like, a couple days ago when the trade happened, I mean, there, there was a lot of people that we were, that we were talking to and there's just a lot, like, there's a lot of more interaction that I've seen than I feel like ever before. Like there's just a lot going on, which is great. Like, like, it's like, it's great that there's so many race fans that are kind of congregating in the same place and talking. Yeah.
1: And it's also like a lot of people don't really, like, you know, I can understand like, like if you're just becoming a baseball fan and like, you know, if you're, like you are a baseball fan and like you're just you don't really like see the bigger picture of things like I can understand why you think that some of these trades that the Rays make like don't make any sense Mm -hmm. or it's just like wrong like wrong for the future whatever you know but I think like once they like try to once they like try to understand the bigger picture in the future like then they'll understand like why things are the way they are and I'm just kind of glad because I'm thankful that I'm on the side of race Twitter, at least from what I've seen, who everyone that I follow, like you guys and all our other friends, that it's not, I'm thankful that we're not a toxic community, you know? Like, we are all, we're basically all in this together. And we were all here together when this, like, you know, when the Snell trade happened, when the Morton trade happened, you know? Like, we were all together. Um, it's not like, you know, any of us really, like, wish anything bad on other fans and stuff, unless, like, you're very you're a fan who like, well, who I'm calls sure yourself a Yankees
2: a, fan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. <just> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or if you call yourself a Rays fan, quote unquote Rays fan, and you're just, all you can do is just think negatively about the team. Like that's just, that's just. But like us in general, I just feel like, you know, I'm really thankful because we're not really that. We're not really those type of people, you know, we're like, I think we're like, honestly, in my opinion, we're like just one of the best fan bases in baseball, because we're not really those type of people, but like just, you know, like talk crap about like players or like you know send them death threats and stuff or whatever or get angry at them and like, mm-hmm. like just do all this stuff but I think we're just like nice people you know we like to congregate together when something happens we like to talk about it with each other and then if something bad happens or something good happens and we're just all like okay you know like what what can we really do you know like we're not we're not we don't really overreact we're just like we're just we just get like emotionally overwhelmed and then yep. we're just and then we all calm each other down, which is what my favorite thing is. We all calm each other down.
0: Yeah, that is that is really nice. That is extremely nice to have. Um, just a quick thing, a couple actually, one quick thing before we get into our kind of year in review thing for the race. So Christmas just happened. Um, Merry Christmas, to everyone! Late, uh, late Merry Christmas, but I mean we said that in the last podcast. Uh, did anyone get any raise specific things for Christmas this year?
2: I got I got Tom Brady jersey.
0: That's it. That that's that's not a race specific thing. Yeah, you, but you it, failed. It, how did you how did you Tom Tom fail? No, okay, I'll, okay, I'll give you that. I was gonna say, how did you fail the assessment? No, I'll give <laughs> was, you that. I'll I was about
2: you. to say, I was about to say, uh, not race related, but I I just forgot about that part. So no,
0: no, sorry. no, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, hey, well, it's hey, team
2: it? Tampa Bay. Hey, put them in there. Put them in. We need some arms in the in the bullpen. <laughs> apparently,
0: Alvarado's gone. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna replenish with a forty three year old quarterback, right? Exactly.
1: I honestly regret not telling my brother or whoever. Um, my, well, actually, my brother because he would get me gifts, or even buying myself the gifts that that I should have like said that I wanted race stuff. because I did not get myself anything race related, and I should have because there were many stuff, many merch from the World Series that I really wanted, or like the you know, like their merch from like the postseason, everything from the postseason I wanted. And I kind of wanted their line, like I kind of wanted their World Series lanyard because it looked really cool and it got sold out and it's not in their stores anymore. So I'm just like, darn. So unfortunately, no, I did not get anything race related, but my birthday is in February and it's coming up. So I might just get myself that for my birthday.
0: Hey, if you can get it, then get it. I got, so I got this hat. I got the World Series locker room hat. I got the you got the American League champion shirt. I got all three shirts from the playoffs. Um, so the shirt that they got when they won the division, then the shirt that they got when they won the ALDS, and then obviously the um, now this one. So I, I wanted to make sure that I got everything because I was like, I don't know the next time that we're going to get to the World Series. So I want to make sure I get all the shirts and the lineage going into it. And then trying to think if there's anything else. I, got, I mean, I got baseball cards and I got some Rays-specific baseball cards did not get a Randy Arozarena rookie card I'm still trying to get that somehow my friend who was like oh I want to go like start uh you know getting you know like 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 getting back into baseball cards like 2 days ago he somehow in the last 2 days has pulled two Randy Arozarena rookie cards so I'm just extremely unlucky that I haven't pulled any yet but uh, yeah so for me it's just the shirts and the uh, shirts and the hat
1: I mean you can never go wrong with this merch that I mean it's amazing merch and especially to keep for so long like and it's comfy so
0: yeah i was i was yeah. beyond happy that i got um i got all the merch i was just like i needed to make sure that i had everything that i could so would it give you were getting
2: 2021 bring back the double rays black uniforms <laughs>
0: Honestly, you're not 100 percent wrong. Those are nice. Yeah, that's,
2: that's it. Those were that's so it. nice. That's, that's really, the I
1: wonder if they're going to do the thing this year again on like I think those like Saturday. yeah like on Saturday games where they would like home games where they would wear like the Devil Rays like white jersey. because yeah,
0: because they're dope.
1: Yeah, they, they, they are. They, they really. are. they do.
0: I mean, do we want to change them back to the primary jerseys? Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, be let's go. Good. Let's go back to Devil
2: Rays because that's cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm in the I'm in the boat now where I was like, Oh, it's stupid that they were called the Devil Rays before. And I'm like, no, those those original jerseys were really like if they don't go back to the second iteration of those, because those are the ugliest jerseys I've ever seen. Like whatever the like it's dark gray is. Oh yeah, like no,
1: I did green, not like those.
0: Those are absolutely disgusting. They need to go yeah. back to like the OG devil race jerseys. Those are nice. Exactly. Those are really nice. Okay. So, last segment of this podcast—it's uh, a year-in-review thing. We can go through a little bit quickly, but obviously, a lot has happened in 2020 with the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, culminating in a World Series appearance and other things that have happened in the last few days, which we already discussed. And I don't want to talk about anymore because I'm going to get too sad. Um, so, there's a lot that's happened with the Rays this year. Uh, how would how would we you know like like how would we describe the Rays 2020? I mean, is it, is it the best year that the Rays have had as a
2: franchise? Uh, I, I would say so, you know, towards the end, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of gotten a little <laughs> bit messy, but
0: slightly, you
2: no, know, we're, it's the closest we've been to winning it all. You know, last time when we got to like game five, I believe. Yep. Um, so, you know, we, we stepped it up. It's all about exponential growth here. Um, next growth. time it's game seven, we lose. And then the, the time after that, we'll win it. Um. So, I I feel like it was the best, year. like the best moments of the year. You wanted to talk about?
0: I mean, we can talk about. I mean, we can you can include that into it.
2: Yeah, you know, like there's been so many moments, like the just the Brasso versus Yankees kind of situation, and kind of how that all ended out, how that all shook out. That was amazing. Still living moment.
1: in their heads rent free. Yeah, exactly. Rent free.
2: Exactly. Um, and then you know other other great moments being the Astros. You know, they had us worried for a
0: while there. A little um, bit too worried.
2: That, that was that was a big roller coaster of emotions. That, that it was series so
0: excruciatingly um, painful.
2: <laughs> and and then you know we take it to the World Series Game Four. Absolutely best moment of the year. Like just seeing that all all shake out. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that call. So I don't know, just a very memorable moment. I'll always remember who I was. Um, so for me,
1: yeah. And for me, like, I saw, I remember when, like, literally the night that the Rays made the World Series, I was actually, I don't, like, I was actually on Twitter and everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, and then they was they started talking about 2008. And I'm like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't really a fan of 2008, but I'm really excited because this is my, fir- this is literally, like, my first World Series experience as a Rays fan. And just to watch that, is it's just amazing to see them play in the world series because this is my first time watching them in the world series everyone else this is your second maybe your second time but this is my first and as a first i think this is like really miraculous and they have an amazing season this year a lot of and i hated that every single year every single time when the season starts and everybody knows that the razor stacked team that people will be like, oh, they're going to finish, like, second place in the division, or they're going to finish third place, and, like, the Yankees will be first, and the Blue Jays will be second, or the Blue Jays will be first, and the Yankees will be second, but I think I love that the Rays literally proved every single person wrong who said that the Rays would not, like, either not make it to the playoffs or either, like, just not even be division winners. I love that they proved everyone wrong, and I loved seeing a lot of, like, you know, debuts this year, like we saw um. Like I mentioned earlier, we saw um, Ryan Thompson and um, Josh Fleming. That was also really exciting for the team. So I just think this is like I was on a high for this. This is an amazing. Like honestly, even though it's been like a crazy bad year, if we take this baseball season, it was a really good season for us. And I was and I was really happy as well to like have Brett Phillips on our team because Brett Phillips is honestly our hometown hero, and I'm so glad that. The Rays signed him at a good time.
0: Yeah, honestly, honestly, in hindsight, hindsight's 2020. that ended up being a great trade. God, this, I mean, I would say best best year uh, in franchise history, obviously best season in franchise history. I will say, I've said this before, I, I on the other podcast that I do with my friends, we did like an MLB preview show, and I said the Rays were going to win the AL East. I said they were going to beat the Yankees and the Astros, not in that specific order, but I said they were going to beat those two teams going to the World Series. I think I said they were going to win in Game Seven, of which they did, but they didn't win like in dramatic fashion. And then I said they were going to lose to the Dodgers in six. Uh, I'm not going to. I, I said that. Perfect. Yeah. So oh, roll, the roll the tape. Prediction. Roll it. Oh, I, I'm roll not going to roll. I'm not going to roll the tape. But I said it. I, <laughs> I, I have. I said that they were going to lose in six, and I was like, I would be fine with that. Little did I know, I would be crying after they lost because I was like, oh, Literally, there
1: was. It was so much pain. I'm. It was. I, 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 mean, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, like... Yeah, have, I hate
0: that I said that. I was like, oh, I could have said, oh, yeah, Reese went in seven. Nope. I just got to I just gotta hurt myself and just say, nope, we yeah. have Reese losing six.
1: <laughs> and, like, we should have... I mean, I'm not saying that we should have expected it because, I mean, we kind of should have because it's the freaking Los Angeles Dodgers, like, the best team in baseball. I, I wasn't right. angry that we
0: lost to the Dodgers. I wasn't angry yeah, at all. I wasn't I really no beef angry because, like, Dodgers. that's a
1: team... Yeah. That's a team that, like, you'd want to, like, play in the, um, to make it more competitive, you know, because you don't want, like, an easy, like, nobody wants to watch, like, an easy cake World Series, like, like, Angie's, or, like, whoever, no, we're not gonna watch cake, and a lot of people were actually really excited to watch this World Series, I was surprised to see, like, the many, like, other fan bases saying that they were really happy to see the Rays in the World Series, I was, like, I thought people hated the Rays. I'm (laughs) glad that you know. I'm really glad that. we got our
0: moment. We got our moment this year. We did
1: get our moment. A lot of positive reviews from like different fan bases saying congratulations to us, and like really glad that they're able to see. Because I think a lot of people did not want to see a actually like. I mean, even the the Padres did last year too. But nobody, a lot of people did not want to see a Padres world, Padres in the World Series. But I think the I I really cause like the Dodgers honestly, I don't hate them. So I think they were also I think that was a good team to play in the World Series, to be honest. It's very challenging, but you know, I also forgot to mention that we were all excited for Randy Rosarena's arrival to the Rays.
0: Yeah, Randy Rosarena was That's a dull idea. Up until what he thing, did in the yeah. off season. But like season really good. <laughs> off season, yes. not so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess personal things, so uh, as you can see by the background, you can't see it on the, on the, on the audio because it's audio, but there's a giant Maryland flag behind me because I went to Maryland, uh, University of Maryland, which is also the same school that Brandon Lau went to. Um, so I've been a huge Brandon Lau fan since he got drafted, and uh, watching, that, watching game two was one of the most satisfying things I've ever seen, just watching him hit those two home runs and then get interviewed on he ESPN. Could do it. I knew it. He and then watching him get interviewed on ESPN after the game, and be like, "This is the guy that I've been literally following since he got drafted in 2015. Since he helped Maryland get to back-to-back Super Regional appearances, the first time that they had ever gotten to a Super Regional in program history. Like all of that stuff. And I know he had his. I know he had his slump during the season. And I know he started the season great. But I was just like, I, I had one of those moments where I was like. I got a Brandon Lau jersey. I was like the first person, I think, to wear a Brandon Lyle jersey on, on Maryland's campus, which I'll claim. I don't care if anyone's worn it before me. I'll claim it as my own. And I got it I got it last year in the playoffs because I was like, I want a Brandon Lyle jersey. I got it for Christmas. And now I'm like, oh my God, like this dude. I don't even care if he, like, it's just, it was so satisfying. It was just, it made me so happy because uh, all these people who hadn't known who the hell he was, finally got to see him literally on the biggest stage just absolutely play like a just oh, it was that was probably one of the best moments of the year for me
1: i remember a lot of people were doubting him too cuz they were like oh he's in a slump but he's not going to do anything what's he going to do and then he literally just hit the bomb and like literally and i and i honestly like believed in him too like it's not like you know like you said alex like he had his slump so it's it's not like he was going to let that happen forever that's you know, true and that's true so for me you know for me and i'm gonna an jump on that subject personal personal thing for me was that sugar shane or aka shane planahan is was a pitcher at usf and i currently go to usf so it's really nice to see a bull in the on the raise and literally in the major now he's officially going to be on the roster next year, so I'm really excited to see how this goes okay. because the USF Bulls usually don't have like a lot of people um like professional players I guess who really go I mean it's more like NFL but not really not really a lot of like players to be honest but like to see him, like in baseball like literally to see like Shane like just make make his debut in like the World Series and then just like be able to become one of the one of the team's main like pitchers for them and on the roster for next year. I'm really proud of him like and I'm glad like I have that representation there. So, I and mean, that's one of my personal favorite moments too and I'm really excited to see how he does.
0: Yeah, Gibby. Uh you're also USF. Yeah. USF Absolutely,
2: Absolutely. Go Bulls. Yes. Callahan, he's a study. Throws a 102. Um <laughs>
0: He like, doesn't look like he throws one or two. I got like, I'm not going to lie. When I, when I, when I watch him throw it, I'm like, he's throwing like 95 and then it, and then it pops at one oh two and I was blown away.
2: Sneaky, sneaky, good, but not sneaky. He's just good. Mm-hmm. He is
0: just good. He is just good. Um, so yeah, I think in, in closing, there's been a lot of great things that the Rays have done and that we've got to experience in 2020 and, and here's the 2021 for hopefully better things. And, not a decline and more positivity before we conclude uh amita where can people find you on twitter so that they can see all of your all of your takes about the rays and everything that's going on
1: all right so yeah ready for my front wall okay so <laughs> i am at a and so A S I N G h h h h zero one so if you did not get that it's a sing with two with three h's at the end zero one
0: and we'll and we'll make sure to you know tag you on twitter Mm -hmm. and we'll make sure to include it in the description of the thing but first off amita thank you so much for coming on and talking about the Rays and talking about all this stuff i know not the best moment to talk about the team after trading (laughs) away their best pitcher but we really appreciate you you taking the time to do this and i hope I, i know you're a little bit nervous coming on the pod to start but i know like i hope that you enjoyed it and i hope you enjoyed talking with us Absolutely. Thank
1: you, guys so much. This is literally this is literally like the first time I've ever been on a podcast. So it's really exciting, especially to talk with you guys about our own team and like baseball moves and all that. so i'm really I was really excited and even though I was a little nervous, I'm still glad that I was able to talk about a lot of the stuff with you guys and ironically had some topics to talk about. so yeah
0: no definitely but again thank you so much for coming on we really really appreciate you taking the time to do this and for everyone listening uh thanks so much for listening thanks so much for listening to to everything that we've done so far in 2020 i think we're gonna hit a thousand total listens on our episodes this is just stupid to think about like like a thousand people listen to us which is insane and we're over 300 it's it's insane We're over 300 followers on Twitter, which doesn't, again, doesn't sound like a lot, but for us, that's amazing to see that many people continue to support us. So uh, again, thank you to everyone for listening, not only to this podcast, but to all of our stuff in 2020 and cheers to 2021, where we're going to do a lot more. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, we are at raise the roof pod. You can, you can follow us there. We're going to post stuff. We've posted a lot of memes and other things like that and stuff about the team um and and we'll post links to all of our episodes there and again uh have a safe healthy uh 2021 continue to do what you're doing hopefully we'll be able to actually go to games and do all of that stuff and we'll be able to actually see the rays in person things of the like but from all of us stay safe stay healthy please wear a mask and raise up raise up baby
1: raise up guys thank you so much and happy new year to everybody